This is KMTT, Kimi Tzion, Tetzei Torah. And today the shiur in Parshat HaShavua by Harav Alex Israel. Parshat Balotcha, our parsha this week, is a dramatic parsha. Uh, we see that B'nai Israel uh, are setting forth to travel to uh, the Promised Land. You see, B'nai Israel have been um, encamped at Har Sinai already for a year. They arrived at Har Sinai, Bachodesh uh, Shlishi, in the third month of the first year. And now, in this week's parsha, we hear that they actually are setting forth. They're setting forth for Eretz Yisrael. And it was in the second month, in the second year, in the second month, on the twentieth of the month, that the cloud goes up, and suddenly, go on their travels from the Bar Sinai, so it tells us in chapter 10. What we're saying here is that uh, B'nai Israel, who have been in a static state of encampment at Har Sinai, receiving the Torah, um, now um, go on their travels. Um, they're going to Eretz Israel. This is the culmination of the whole mission from Egypt, where they were told originally they're going El Eretz Levach Now they are going to the Promised Land. We are told by Sefer Dvarim that it is even quite a short journey. It is only an 11-day walk from um, Har Sinai to um, the border of Eretz Yisrael. And hence, this is a dramatic moment um, which B'nai Israel are engaging in here. How do they travel? They travel with the Aron, it would appear. If we, if we take the information that we have seen so far in Sefer Bamidbar, it would appear, and we would imagine in our mind's eye, that B'nai Israel are traveling with the temple, with the Mishkan in their center. After all, in Perak Bet, of uh, Sefer Bamidbar, it tells us explicitly, "Vanasa Ohel Moed, Machane Halviim, Betocha Machanot." The Ohel Moed, the Machane Halviim, travels within the camps, Ka'asher Yachanu, in the same manner in which they um, encamp. So they travel, Kenisau, Ka'asher Yachanu, Kenisau, Ish Al Yadol Each person in the given direction. If you read chapter 2 there, that particular verse, we imagine that the Aron is in the center of the camp. Likewise, in our parsha, in Perak Yud, you see the travel order. The, or, the, the camp is divided into four camps, and we read how the cloud goes up, and at that point, Yehuda set off. Yehuda set off, and at the same time, the Mishkan is being dismantled. Next go the boards and coverings of the Mishkan, so they will be set up in advance. Then goes Degel Machane Ru'uvein, um, and in the middle of the camp, as we read, in the center of the camp, with two camps in front and two camps behind, we are told here that Vanasu HaKatim Noseha Migdash Boam The Kahatim who carry the Migdash are in the center of the camp. We have an orderly camp. Now, by the way, there is a very, very interesting machloket, a very interesting dispute about the precise formation in which they uh, encamped, because, uh, sorry, in which they traveled. Um, there are two opinions here mentioned in, the, in, in, in Chazal. 
Uh, one says they actually travelled in this sort of uh, box formation. They travelled in a square. And they get that from the Pasuk in Peret Bet. Ka'asher yachanu keinisau, in the same manner that they encamped. So they, uh, uh, so they travelled. In other words, they encamp in a, in a box. And uh, now they will also travel in that same box format. Which is, which is fascinating. Um, that's one, one option. Um, the other option is that and this they actually get that they went in a, in a single file and indeed the parasha in Perak Yud seems to indicate that they travelled in single file the reason why I said that is because if you read the Peshat there it's very clear see if everybody moves in a, in a, in a box everybody moves in a single camp then it's like uh, everybody has to be coordinated the Anan will go up and the whistles will blow, the Chatzot will blow, and everybody has to set out because you need to all be in, in formation, traveling at the same, uh, in sync, in synchronized walking. However, uh, that's not the way it's described in Perak Yud. In Perak Yud, um, it's described as if first uh, Yehuda go, then Gershon and Merari, then Yehuda, then the Mishkan, then Ephraim, and then Dan. In fact, if you look at Rashi, on uh, Perek Yud, Pasuk Chaf uh, he talks about the idea that Ma'asef Lechol HaMachanot, that Dan were the, if you want the Ma'asef, when we're on a Teol here in Israel, you say, Mi Ma'asef, we mean, who is at the back? Who is at the back of the Teol? Checking that everybody's okay, making sure that nobody's, no stragglers get lost. Indeed, that is uh, what the Midrash says, uh, the Talmud Yerushalmi, Lefi Shayash Shivto Shel Dan Merubeh Be'uchlusin Haya Nosea Ba'achrona. That Dan would travel at the back of the entire procession, and uh, they were great in number. They were uh, had had large numbers. Shevet Dan, and uh, what they would do was they would uh, pick up all the lost property, all lost items, anything they found, they would declare and return back to their their owner. Um, so th- there's no doubt that there is a, a formation of marching. But the question is exactly what that formation is. Um, but as we mentioned, both in chapter 2, where we had the, Id- the idea there in chapter 2 that, um, um, that we're told, that the Ol Mo'ed is Betocha Machanot, and likewise here in Perik Yud, um, that the Migdash is in the centre of the camp, that exactly is the idea that Ka'asheria Hanuke Nisau, the Migdash is at the center. The reason why I'm stressing this point is because when we actually read the account of how they go, something seems to be very, very different. At the end of chapter 10, we have uh, a, a pasuk which seems to fly in the face of what we've just uh, established. It says there, They went from the mountain of God from Har Sinai, a three day journey. That the Aaron actually travelled in advance of them. This is puzzling. And in fact the Pasuk we all know and recite in Shul by Hibin Soa Haron Vayome Moshe Koma Hashem Echa Mipanecha seems to reinforce this. The idea that um, the Aaron is travelling ahead and the Aaron is saying, Kum Hashem, Hashem, get up, the Afutsoivecha. The Aaron is at the front of the camp, and being at the front of the camp, it is there to scatter the enemies of Israel, it is there to uh, strike fear into their hearts. 
Um, indeed, if you remember, when Yehoshua crossed the Yardane, the Aron was at the head of the camp, and everybody filed past it. Here, it would definitely appear that on this particular journey, when they left Harsinai, the Aron was at the helm of the camp. The Aron travelled even three days in advance. The Aron was the avant-garde, was the front-runner, heralding HaKadosh Baruch Hu's arrival, Kuma Hashem and of course because the Aaron is not in the camp when the Aaron rested we say you should return to Am Yisrael now of course these famous Psukim now create a problem and now we have some sort of uh, contradiction here because I don't quite understand is the Aaron in the center of the camp or is the Aaron in the front of the camp We've just established a, a paradigm, a certain a way of travelling where the Aron is, is the epicentre, the focal point. So, what happened? Um, so here we have uh, the Mepharshim grapple with this. If you look, for example, in the Ibn Ezra, the Ibn, is, Ibn Ezra says, Ulafidati, I think he means, uh, I don't get this from Chazal, but it's a Swara, Hashahamasaharishon Levado. Only this particular uh, Masa. It was not uh, like other um, journeys. And when it says that the Kahat, that the Mishkan is at the center, um, is, is says Ibn Ezra. It is in all other journeys. Says um, says the Ibn Ezra that this was sort of an anomaly maybe to get them going out of a sense of enthusiasm Hashem decided that the Aron would lead them for this particular journey but that was not the norm I have to say that uh, the Ibn Ezra is attempting to resolve the textual contradiction but logically it's difficult to understand why we would want to do this uh, after all we've established a camp so pedantically and carefully with a certain modes of travel why on our first journey, do we break the mold? Why on the first journey should we do something which doesn't seem to match the, the game plan? So, this is uh, certainly puzzling. But uh, if you want puzzling, Rashi has an even uh, stranger uh, approach. Rashi's approach is this. Again, how can the Aron be at the front if the Aron is meant to be at the centre? Says Rashi. This is the Aaron which goes out with them into war. And that is what is in that Aaron, what is in that particular ark. It is the broken tablets of stone. And this Aaron went ahead. Rashi makes a whole bunch of assumptions here which are open to debate. Rashi seems to claim there actually are two Aronot, two arks. The first is the uh, Aron Habrit, the Aron of the Covenant, which has the intact Luchot, the second Luchot. However, there is another Aron which uh, goes out to war, is taken to the battlefront, and uh, that has the broken Luchot in. Now, this is news to us. I don't, you know, we've read uh, Parshat Truma. And we never saw two Aronots. Where is the idea that there actually is a second Aron? And that it goes out to war with them. So if you read through, uh, for example, Sefer uh, Shmuel, you actually do see that it would appear that the Aron goes out to war and is captured by the Plishtim. 
um, the Aron or some sort of ephod seems to be with Shaul in his battle in Michmas in Shmuel Aleph Perak Yud Gimel and uh, there do seem to be cases where the Aron comes to war um, likewise Chazal in the story of um, in the story of Pelegash Begiva or Milchemet bin Yamin discussed the idea of an Aron in the battlefront there is a notion like that as it appears through Tanakh and yet where is the idea that there are two Aronot? To develop this idea further, we have to turn to Devarim Perakut, Devarim chapter 10. And there in Devarim, um, we see a detail that is sometimes overlooked. Um, the story that is being described in Devarim Perakut is, um, is the story of the, the Egel and the smashing of the Luchot. Uh, and uh, what Devarim Perakut describes is the giving of the second Luchot. And there... Um, Moshe is told by God or Moshe rep- tells us uh, hew out two stones like the first ones this is before the Mishkan um, we are receiving the Luchot and uh, God says to Moshe uh, that if you're going to come up the mountain to get the second Luchot uh, you better have somewhere to keep them. Make for yourself Make a wooden box. I will write on the luchot the samtam baron. And Moshe says I did indeed make a wooden box. And I made the luchot and I received them, etc., etc. And he says, I went and I got the second luchot, va'asim et ha-luchot ba'aron asha'asiti. Va'ihisham kasher tivani Hashem. Um, so this is quite fascinating that there is a, a, a box that Moshe makes actually prior to the uh, establishment of the Mishkan, which is known as an Aron. It's an Aron 8, um, and it is, it is there in the, in the Midbar in order to hold the luchot, I guess, uh, until the uh, Mishkan is made. Um, so, Rashi says, V'asita l'cha Aron Eitz, V'ani asiti Aron T'chila, She'avol v'haluchot b'yadi, Heichanet Neim, I needed to put a, have a wooden box, V'lo zehu ha'aron she'asa b'talel. This is not the Aron which B'talel did, because the Mishkan was only after this. Um, so he says, Nimtza ze Aron acher haya. This is a different Aron, Rashi explains what's going on here. He says, there are actually two Aronot. When Moshe went up the mountain to get the second Luchot, he had to prepare a wooden box. That wooden box um, was... Um, used to house the Luchot until the Mishkan was built. But what happened after Betzalel constructed his new box, which was wood overlaid with gold? What happened to the old box? The old box was taken out to war with them. That became the War Aron, in which the Shivrei Luchot, the broken Luchot, were placed. Um, He says, oh, and that went out with them to war. However, there was one time where they sinned. In the time of Eli, they took the real Aaron out of the Mishkan and took it to the battlefront. And that was the occasion in the beginning of Seve Shmuel, where the Aaron was captured by the Plishtim as a punishment. Uh, but that was uh, unusual. 
that was uh, illegal. So this is the story of the of the war Aron, and we've actually, according to Rashi, solved our problem beautifully in uh, Bahalotcha. There is an Aron in the center of the camp. There is an Aron um, at the at the front of the camp. There are two Aronot. Needless to say, there are people who dispute Rashi's approach. Um, and foremost amongst them is the Ramban. In a very uh, long and elaborate passage in Devarim Perik Yud, the Ramban takes Rashi to task. And uh, he takes Rashi to task with a number of different uh, uh, attacks. He says, um, he says, th- th- indeed this is Midrash, and uh, it's in the Tanchuma, but uh, it doesn't work. He says, Chazal always tell us that Luchot, Veshivrei Luchot, um, are in the Aron. That both the Luchot and the Shivrei Luchot are contained within the Aron. So, where do we get this idea that there are two separate Aronots? Moreover, he says, where was this Aron housed? We never hear about it. We never know. We only know of a place of one Aron in the Kodesh Kadashim. We know that Shlomo, Shlomo HaMelech, Lo Hichnis Kodeshim El Aron Achad. He puts in the Kodesh Kadashim a single Aron and not two Aronot. Um, so where do we get this idea that there are actually two Aronot? Um, the Ramban says that this is rather puzzling. Um, interestingly enough, I should say, um, that the when you read through the Ramban, you realize that this is not only a machlokas rishonim, this is not only a machloket between Rashi and the Ramban, however, this is actually a wider machloket which appears in Mesechet um, Shkalim, um, Tanya, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Eli, Omer, Shneiro, Notayu, Im Yisrael, Bamidbar, Echad, Shayu, Shivroi, Lechot, Monachim, Bo, Banan, Amri, Echad, Haya, O, Pam, Echad, Yasab, Melchama, Bime, Eli, Venishba. In other words, um, the, this is actually a machloket between Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Eli, and the Rabbanan. Um, according to the Ramban, uh, what happened to the uh, Aron Eitz? What happened to this wooden box which Moshe made in the Midbar? Um, he explains very simply. Um, Moshe. This Aron that Moshe made, the wooden box which was meant to have Saluchot, when Betzalel's Aron, the eventual Aron Abrit was made, what did they do? Ganzuhu Kudin Tashmishekudusha. They hid it uh, like any Tashmishekudusha. Uh, like any ta- like, like any anything that you put in Seamus, you put in Geniza, uh, something which is used like a Sefer Torah, Tefillin, Mezuzahs uh, are used. What do you do? You put them in the Geniza, you bury them. So somewhere in the in the in the uh, Sinai Desert uh, is is buried a wooden box which actually housed the uh, the, the luchot, uh, which were later transferred to Betzalel's Aron. Okay, so the Ramban disagrees with Rashi. But the Ramban still has a problem. Because according to the Ramban, we're still left with a contradiction. Was the Aron at the center of the camp? Or was the Aron um, in the front? I would like to suggest an answer um, to this question. Um, and I'm going to do it using a uh, something I actually found once in a book by Rav uh, Shlomo Yosef Zevin. Rav Zevin. Uh, in, actually, in his book Ishimashi Tot, Rab Zevin describes a, a very wonderful scene. Uh, I don't know if you've, you know Rab Zevin. He was involved with the first. He was the first editor of the Encyclopedia Talmudit. Um, 
he was a very, very spe- special man who, uh, one of the old Yerushalmi Talmidei uh, Chachamim. He had, uh, was a very much part of the old world, the old uh, Yeshiva Yerushalmi world, but also had a very, very modern way of thinking. And some of you may be familiar with his books, La'or Halacha and La Torah Ba'la Mo'adim, and HaMo'adim Ba'lacha may be the most famous of all. Um, he has a book called Ishim Shitot where he goes through different personalities, um, different Torah personalities, uh, Chaim Salavechik, uh, Chaim Ozgrudzinski, um, and others, and uh, describes both the Talmidei Chachamim and their Shitot, and their way of thinking, their, uh, their different positions, uh, halachic positions, etc., their way of learning. And uh, one of the personalities he discusses is uh, Rav Kook. And uh, in his opening to this chapter on Rav Kook, he describes a very, very beautiful scene that on the first Shabbos when he came uh, to Yerushalayim from uh, Russia, he came to Yerushalayim in the year Tafresh Tzadi Dalad, um, and he came to Yerushalayim and he says he found himself, somehow there must have been a gathering in the house of Rav Kook for Sudash Lishit. And he writes how this Sudash Lishit was so incredible. You felt like you were in the presence of, a, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself. You felt that this Shina was there. He describes it in very, very uh, effusive terms. And, uh, he, um, and he, he then goes and writes the, um, the Dvar Torah that he heard all those years ago at Rav Kook Sudash Lishit. Um, there, Rav Kook discuss, discussed a stira in the halacha um, the, between two places. At the end of Masechet Ta'anit, um, there is an order of who, who's, who gets precedence amongst the different Kohanim. Um, there's obviously a Kohen Gadol, there's the Skan, Deputy Kohen Gadol, but there is also the Mashuach Milchama, and uh, the Kohen the, the goes out to war. And um, the question is, who is most important? Um, the order at the end of Masechet Tanit is that Bat Melech Sho'elet mi Bat Kohen Gadol, Bat Kohen Gadol mi Bat Skan, or Bat Skan mi Bat Mashuach Milchama. The order there is that the Kohen Gadol is the most important, uh, then the Skan, and then the Mashuach Milchama. Uh, that's actually talking about uh, the story when the girls used to go out in borrowed clothing to the vineyards to dance and the men would choose their wives. Um, and that is the scene there in Ta'anit. And there we see the order is Kohen Gadol, then Skan, then Mashuach Milchama. Um, however, the, um, the, there are other places where the Mashuach Milchama is considered to be on a, on a higher level. On a higher level than the Skan. Um, they talk about um, that the Mashuach Milchama um, actually uh, is even sometimes higher than the Kohen Gadol. And the question is, what is the difference? Um, usually, sorry, higher than the Skan. So, what exactly is going, is, is going on? The Gemara in Sof Horiot explains, Mashuach Milchama Kodem Leskan. So he says, uh, is the Skan more important than the Mashuach Milchama? Is the deputy Kohen more important than the uh, Kohen who goes out to war? That's what it would appear uh, from the Gemara in Tanit, or is the Kohen who goes out to war take precedence, as it would appear in uh, Masechet Horayot? And Rav Kook explained very beautifully that there's obviously a difference. Um, is it wartime or is it peacetime? In peacetime, 
clearly the order of uh, how everything is meant to go is that uh, you know there is no need for the war Kohen, and therefore he doesn't have a role in society, and he's lower down the totem pole, lower down the order. But in a time when we are, uh, there is a battle, then the deputy Kohen Gadol is unimportant. The most important uh, Kohen is going to be the, uh, well, obviously the Kohen Gadol is always the head of the line, but then the Mashiach Milchama. In other words, circumstances dictate the importance. Maybe we can explain the same thing uh, regarding our, uh, our given situation. Pasha Bamidbar describes uh, the camp, uh, a very tranquil camp at Har Sinai, where the Shechidah is at rest and the people are, are, are all surrounding the uh, Mikdash. However, um, that is fine uh, when we're in a state of, of Menucha, when we're in a state of rest, when we're in a state of calm. However, leaving Har Sinai is not only leaving a geographical location. Leaving Har Sinai enters us into a whole new world, a whole new reality. It's going to take us not only to the promised land, with all the spirituality involved, not only to the promised land, to Eretz Yisrael, so that everybody can uh, get their Eretz Zavach Halavudvash, but we're actually going to have to function as, as an army. We're going to have to fight, function as a fighting force. In this regard, suddenly we see by that God is not going to leave it to us. God is going to fight. And since Hashem is Yoshev HaKruvim, Hashem's presence is manifest around the Aaron, God says, I am going to actually move out of my place. I'm actually going to dislocate myself from the center of the camp, move to the front of the camp because I need to go and be Mitrael. I actually need to go now and go to the army. I have to stop being you know, in a state of Menucha. So it says, I have to run to the front of the camp and help Am Yisrael out. Um, and maybe according to uh, the view that there is only one Aaron and not two Aaronot, we actually experience uh, something remarkable. That uh, whereas Sefer Bamidbar in its first ten chapters assumed that there was only one place for God to be, the God was always at rest, but sometimes the people would go out to war. Um, that actually there is a reality where, so to speak, God himself uh, goes out to war. That the the first ten chapters describe uh, peacetime, but uh, the um, phrase of Ahib and Saharon, when we're actually travelling towards Eretz Israel, describes the reality of wartime um, in a much uh, greater sense. And this might even be reflected in a in a in a pasuk in Devarim, Devarim Perachaf Gimel, where actually they talk about the war camp. There are many halachot in Sefer Devarim which deal with the war camp. And one of them is actually that a person has to be very careful and modest when they go to the bathroom. Even though they're a soldier and living out in camp conditions, they have to be very careful. Um, there, um, the, the, the reason given why somebody has to be so modest in their physical functions uh, in the war camp is, Ki Hashem elokecha mitalech bekerev machanecha la'atzilcha la'teitoyvecha lefanecha v'hayam achanecha chadosh. Because God, Hashem, your God, walks in the middle of your war camp to save you from your enemies. And your camp should be holy. Chazal say, this is not in any war camp. This is particularly when the Aaron was in the war camp. In other words, there are times, in times of war, in times of distress, uh, Hashem actually is at the, at the front of the camp. But uh, that is not where he always is. God is not always in the role of Hashem Ishmael Chama. 
Um, the ideal is that we should not be at war. The ideal is that we should be at rest. War is a passing phase, and uh, in the ideal situation, Kasher Yachanu Kenisau, that uh, the Machane Shechina should really be in our center. The Shachanti Betocham should really be uh, in the center of the camp um, for all time. Shabbat Shalom.